Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Come on down to Florida. That's what Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine have been telling us for years. And now Florida leads U.S. population growth for the first time in 65 years. The exit is is massive from New York City, from throughout New York State. Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New Jersey, even from California, going all the way to Florida because they're going to DeSantis land. It's freedom land. It's a great quality of life. And most importantly, the hawk is not talking. Oh, man, it is cold out there. Got to put on three pairs of long woolen underwear. Vusta, you'll be scratching your tuchus with that union trap flap in the back. And it uh, continues to be frigid. But there are a lot of reasons why people are fleeing to Florida. Not just Florida, Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown south of the Mason-Dixon line. But Florida leads all the rest. You remember recently... Governor DeSantis addressed the press corps as Hurricane Ida smashed into the West Coast, decimating Fort Myers and parts of Lee County. And immediately what happened? There were looters, right? They were looting. Listen to what Governor DeSantis had to say. The other thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is, you know, we want to make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. And so local law enforcement is involved in, 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 in monitoring that. You know, I told Kevin if the state needs to help as well, uh, because you, know, you can have people, you know, bringing boats into some of these islands and trying to ransack people's homes. Um, I can tell you, in the state of Florida, uh, you never know what may be lurking behind somebody's home. And I would not want to chance that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. Now, notice, right in your face, looters, you come in through that door. It's not our deputy sheriffs who are going to get you. It's not our state police. It's the citizens themselves. They're going to cock that Winchester, whether it's sawed off, full barrel, fully loaded. And they're going to blast you into the hereafter. Let me hear it again. Let me hear it one more time. Stand your ground in Florida. Meantime, we see 
up in Buffalo, three days, 72 hours, four foot of snow cresting. The Arctic snow bomb storm has devastated western New York, but especially the city of Buffalo. Streets are impassable. Fire trucks, cop cars cannot get through. In fact, plows can't get through. So Governor Crime Wave Holcomb had a press conference just hours ago with the New York State Comandante, you know, the head of the state police, claiming that there were only two stores that were looted, that all the videos that we have seen is an aberration. It's just not so. Well, guess what? The cops can't get to the locations because of the snow, but the looters are on snowmobiles. They're in West Buffalo. They're in East Buffalo. They're along Bailey Avenue, Walden Avenue, Day 3. They're hitting the family dollar store. They're cleaning it out. The Nickel City liquor store. Store windows are shattered everywhere. They're stealing wigs. They're stealing sneakers. They're stealing gold. They're stealing jewelry. They're stealing everything they can get their hands on. In fact, they're slipping and sliding uh, from the supermarkets with the shopping carts, it doesn't matter. They fall down, they pick themselves up, they fall down. They're looting everywhere, east side of Buffalo, west side of Buffalo. The cops can't get there. The fire department is snowed in, and the state cops lie, and they say, well, no, there's only two. What a difference. Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, no wonder why New York State has lost the most population in the nation. California, close second. Can I hear Governor DeSantis again? Again, his problem was a hurricane. There's always looting in the aftermath of a hurricane. Look how strong he is as he tells his citizens to stand their ground, and he warns the looters that they will be shot. The other thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is you know we want to make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. And so local law enforcement is involved in, 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 in monitoring that. You know, I told Kevin if the state needs to help as well, uh, because you, know, you can have people you know, bringing boats into some of these islands and trying to ransack people's homes. Um, I can tell you, in the state of Florida, uh, you never know what may be lurking behind somebody's home. And I would not want to chance that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. That's what's lurking behind the door in Florida. Citizens who are armed, Second Amendment, because they know there are not enough deputy sheriffs, there are not enough state cops, there are not enough municipal cops. So the citizens are the first line of defense. Not in Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb's New York. She wants to take the guns away from the citizens. In the meantime, the looters are going up and down the streets in snowmobiles looting. Let me give you uh, an idea of the thread that's coming out, all the texting going on from within the belly of the beast. These are people who are texting about what they're seeing with the looting. The people have a right to survive. They loot to survive. Another person writes, I've been through a blizzard before, and never once did I or anyone else in my neighborhood think to go rob a store. This is unreal. Hope the nail polish was worth it. A third person, I live in Buffalo. All the major looting is happening in our diverse neighborhoods. Another, snowmobiles probably stolen as well. Another, they robbing the family dollar store. Reach for your goals. Aim for the stars. Loot. A family dollar store. Another writes, 
Is New York Hochul going to warn looters like Florida DeSantis? Of course not. In fact, she was making excuses for looters. She was saying, well, it's 72 hours and, you know, people are getting desperate and they're in need of resource and we can't reach them. They're snowed in. Oh, so that's an excuse for looting. Stranded with no supplies, looting to survive. Another text They're in a blizzard. They need survive. They need supplies. So there are people. It's like 50-50. Half the people say, yeah, you got to loot. Don't worry. Just don't shoot. They're more worried about white supremacist vigilantes coming in and shooting inner city looters. Meantime, in surrounding suburbs, Cheektowaga, Tonawanda, Amherst, Lockport, no looting whatsoever. Same amount of snow. Same Michigash. Here's another text. While others are digging frozen bodies out of snowdrifts, others are looting. Here's another text. Those corporations have insurance. At least they'll be compensated. I'm not saying what people are doing is right, but systemically squeezing out profits from the public and then paying no federal taxes is also wrong. Gee, slowly I turn step by step. It's like Niagara Falls, right? No, it's like June 1st and 2nd of 2020. In the aftermath of the riots over the killing of Floyd in the streets of South Minneapolis by the cops, on June 1st and June 2nd, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, told the cops to stand back, and Black Lives Matter and Antifa went on a wilding spree of looting and shooting. I know, because I and the Guardian Angels were in the middle of it. I got my jaw broken down in Soho. Here's another text. The looters were totally unprepared, as they had no idea they would be stranded without supplies during a blizzard that's been 24-7 bled for two freaking weeks. Another text. Insurance will cover it. Don't worry. Here's another. If it's items people need to survive, I completely understand the looting. It's like 50-50. This is crazy. Here's another. Those corporations have all that merchandise insured. They'll make millions. They'll be okay. It was going to be trashed when the workers got back anyway. Let people get stuff if they need it. And another. Police were stranded by the blizzard, but not the looters on snowmobiles. Another. White supremacists strike again. Not. Please keep this in mind. These folks are gathering supplies, food, and essential items to survive. Looters at a dollar store. Incredibly pathetic economy, isn't it? Some people haven't received their assistance this month. They have no choice. They must steal to survive. Consider it a form of redistribution of wealth. Consider it a form of redistribution of wealth. Oh, this is a great one. This text. It's the new cashless way to shop in New York. (laughs) No cash. We loot. We just won't shoot. And then stolen Nikes are very nourishing. So apparently, finally, there are some people who are taking to the streets in the east side of Buffalo and the west side of Buffalo, and they are walking the streets with rifles and shotguns, and they're pumping it, and they're shooting it in the air. And so now there are texts. One more time, please. Uh, Let me have a a four-gun salute, please. Go ahead. Come on. Come on, cock that shotgun. What are you, out of shells? Put some rock salt in there. That'll that'll chase those looters away. So the police cannot get into these areas. 
uh, it's too difficult. The plows can't get in because the <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> Because the looters are going up and down the streets as they have stolen what? Snowmobiles. And they're siphoning gasoline out of the cars that are stranded on the side with hoses that would normally be sold in the summer to water your flowers or water your lawn. This is incredibly ingenious, right? And half the population is supporting the looting and the the shooting and the stealing. Now think of it. There are only 280,000 people left in the city of Buffalo. It's down from a population that used to be close to a million, right? 250,000. How many do you think now are going to flee to DeSantis land? Where even if hurricanes, storms, floods hit, you're going to have a governor like DeSantis who is going to stand his ground and is going to be strong and show a pair, unlike County Crime Wave Holcomb and her commandante of state police, who are basically trying to explain, well, you know, they need to survive. Could I hear DeSantis round three? The other thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is, you know, we want to make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. And so local law enforcement is involved in, 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 in monitoring that. You know, I told Kevin if the state needs to help as well, uh, because you, know, you can have people, you know, bringing boats into some of these islands and trying to ransack people's homes. Um, I can tell you, in the state of Florida, uh, you never know what may be lurking behind somebody's home. And I would not want to chance that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. What's lurking behind the doors of a home? It's some 76-year-old senior citizen cocking that shotgun fully loaded and sending you to your maker. What a difference. This is America. This is the America that we grew up in. Stand your ground. Fight for what you know is right. It's emblematic in Florida. No wonder why so many people are abandoning New York. We're feckless. We're weak. We allow shoplifting and boosting on a regular basis. Crime is rampant throughout New York City. You take it right on up the New York State Thruway. Come on. Right on up the New York State Thruway. Go through Yonkers and Mount Vernon. And then up, you're up in Newburgh, the Camden along the Hudson. And then in Albany, they have drive-by shootings. And you have it in Utica, and you have it in Syracuse, and then you have it in Rochester. That's right. It's called Rochester. It has a crime crisis in which per capita, per person, it has the most violent crime in all of New York State. And then you have Buffalo. We're in the midst of 72 hours of this blizzard. They have decided to go out into the streets, steal snowmobiles, ride up and down, and loot. And the biggest concern the Catholic Crime Wave Holcomb and the super commandante of the state police have is that vigilantes, white supremacists, may come out with rifles and shotguns and put down the looters. Could you believe this? You really think white people are going to be coming in from Cheektowaga, Tonawaga, uh, Lockport, and Amherst to do this? Not. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Dominique, Nika, Nika, son, allait tout simplement. 
I hear the French nuns singing from Mount St. Ursula Academy, right up in Bedford Park. I remember it well. My older sister, Alita, went there, the French nuns, with their huge white habits in which I thought they'd become flying nuns. But this woman, the, uh, what can we call her? The singing nun, right? Made many appearances on Ed Sullivan. Not quite as many as my favorite, Topo Gigio, the little Italian mouse, but this would generally be played during the holiday. He even made top 40 on the old WABC when it was spinning stacks of wax, you know, Cousin Brucie. Yep, this song. But uh, I must tell you this, we cannot play this song any longer because now we are going to discuss... The chasm, the line of demarcation between uh, the Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholic Church. The Eastern Orthodox, depending on which of the sects you follow, the leader is either in Constantinople in Turkey for the Greek Orthodox or in Moscow, where one-third of the world's Eastern Orthodox Christians are based. And so it's bad enough that there is an ongoing war between Putin, who invaded Zelensky and Ukraine, but now the Ukrainian Orthodox Church has decided to move their Christmas, which would normally be aligned with most of the other Eastern Orthodox Faiths, January 7th, right after the day of Epiphany, or as we know it, Three Kings Day. They've decided to align themselves with the West. So their Christmas now is going to be December 25th. And so in addition to all the secular reasons that they're at war, now we have religious reasons. Our Eastern Orthodox in Russia are better than your Eastern Orthodox in the Ukraine. And as you know, what, the Crusades went on for a hundred years? Yeah, a hundred freaking years. And they slaughtered thousands on their way to the Holy Land. And on the way they practiced on the Jews. That's right. They had a few pogroms along the way. Hey, we got to, before we slaughter the Muslims or the Muslims slaughter us in the name of Allah in Muhammad and the sands of Mecca and Medina, we got to practice on the Jews. So they had pogroms. A hundred years. This is nuts. But on a good note for the Eastern Orthodox, most of whom will celebrate their Christmas on January 7th. But I don't believe the, uh, I don't believe the Greek Orthodox do. I believe the Greek Orthodox actually celebrated on December 25th, although I stand to be corrected right down in the shadow of the New World Trade Center. They have rebuilt the Greek Orthodox House of Worship that was destroyed on September 11th. After 21 years, $85 million, the glowing new home is open now to visitors and obviously the worshipers. St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church in Lower Manhattan. Now, can you imagine on January 6th, the day of the Epiphany, they always used to have out of that church, the old church there, in the colors of Greece. A little music here, please. We need to continue this. You know, this is Curtis Sleevers, and I'm not like the other talk shows here. Uh, come on, Diego. I know you're still smarting from the loss of Mexico in the World Cup. That fake, phony, fraudulent football they spell with a U. Kickball, kickball. Get over it. 
You're here in America now. It's smash mouth American football, but I digress. I always remember on January 6th, a group of uh, young Greek Orthodox men would leave the old St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church across from the World Trade Center and jump into the Hudson River on the day of Epiphany as one of the Greek Orthodox priests would throw a gold cross into the frigid water and the divers would plunge in to retrieve it. How about we move it up to today? Let's see how brave those young Greek Orthodox men are to be diving in the Hudson River today for that gold cross, huh? Of course they won't. In fact, last night on the last day of Hanukkah, day number eight, I saw it. Who was out there dancing the horror? Were the Chabad out there? Hell no, it was too cold. Were they out in Borough Park? No. Williamsburg? No. Crown Heights? No. Kew Gardens Hills? No. No, 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 no. Midwood Flatbush? No. They were freezing their tuchuses off. But we now deal with Pope Francis. Ah, Pope Francis, the Argentine. 83 years old, time to retire, pal, because you're closer to Che Guevara, who was from Argentina, the doctor, the communisto, than you were to Jesus Christ. Remember, he was a bouncer outside of a strip club bar, and he ends up becoming the Pope, right? And now, in his Christmas homily to all of the Popes, excuse me, to those who aspire to become future Popes, and to the group of cardinals who are assembled every year this time of year, he said, we could easily fall into the temptation of thinking we are safe, better than others, no longer in need of conversion. With a stern warning, Pope Francis said, yet we are in greater danger than all others because we are beset by the elegant demon. O diablo for you. Diego, the devil, Satan, who does not make a loud entrance but comes with flowers in his hand. It is not enough to condemn evil, including the evil that quietly lurks amongst us. We need to respond by choosing to be converted. Jesus as well. The Pope quoted the Gospel of Luke warning that when an unclean spirit is driven out of a person, it returns with seven more spirits more evil than before. So what did the Vatican do prior to this? Now, I'm pro-choice, and I know that's not the, uh, the rule uh, of thought within the Roman Catholic Church. They are pro-life. So they decide to defrock and kick out a well-known Catholic priest and leader of the anti-abortion movement who was removed from the priesthood by Pope Francis, Frank Pavone, for being pro-life. I mean, I thought that's what they are in the Roman Catholic Church. I'm the one on the outside looking in pro-choice. But Father Frank Pavone got defrocked and he said, I don't understand why. Why? Because I'm like uber pro-life. In the meantime, they saved the Jesuit. There was a priest, very friendly with uh, Pope Francis, right at his right-hand side in the Vatican. Nine nuns had claimed that this priest in his years had tried to encourage them to have a menage a trois with him, saying it would replicate the three-way relationship amongst God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. 
And so this was brought to the attention of the muckety-mucks in the Vatican. And in 1994, it was ignored. But then more nuns came forward and said, this, this priest is a perv. Following an investigation, the claims of the women about this priest were found to be true. The Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith excommunicated this priest in May of 2020. Then, incredibly, a month later, lifted that order the same month and declined to prosecute him, even after nine more nuns came forward a year later with similar allegations. The congregation, which is headed by Jesuits, said the cases fell out of the statute of limitations and were too old to prosecute because they mainly took place in the 90s. So the pervert priest, the Jesuit, who's trying to lure nuns into a menage a trois, claiming that, oh, nuns, if you engage in me in a three-way relationship, we will be absolutely imitating the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You would think, right? Never mind to frock him. Off with his head. But they restore him as a Jesuit. But this anti-abortion activist priest gets defrocked, Frank Pavone? How do you figure that? And then, one final twist. In the Reverend Louis Giganti's life, I railed against him. The brother of Vinny, the... Chin Giganti, remember? He would accompany his mobster uh, brother and claim that he was disabled. And had lost his mind. He would walk around Greenwich Village, talk to the pigeons, talk to the telephone poles. Vinny the chin giganti in his bathrobe and Irish walking cap. Remember? Yeah, remember? And what would the what would the priest, his brother, say? Louis Giganti, he would say, Now look, you gotta understand. This is nonsense. First of all, talk of the mafia is an aberration. Gee, sounded just like Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, who said the same thing. And to think that my brother, who is so disabled, would be the head of the Genovese crime family. What's wrong with you? You're all ubats. And everybody backed away. Why? Because he showed his collar. Meantime, he was living a life in sin. Everybody knew that he was leaving his parish. In fact, he was doing it very boldly, St. Athanasius in the South Bronx in 1990, and he moved to a house up in Westchester where he fathered a child openly. And he would leave the house to go to work like a fireman or a cop would, right? Cop puts on the bulletproof vest, right? He'd put on the collar. He'd walk out as the priest. I'd say... Yeah, that's Father Giganti. That's his son. That's his wife. Rubbed it right in the face of the archdiocese. And when the archdiocese was asked about this upon his death recently, so we had no idea about this. The whole world knew. I knew. I said it on the radio. Time it. No, we had no idea this was going on. Think of this nonsense. How long has it been since we determined the church... The priests would have to remain celibate and could not marry. Well, all the apostles got married, right? Except for Jesus, because he got crucified. He died for our sins so that we could live in this world of free from original sin. And then all of a sudden in the 12th century, 
the various popes decided, hey, we can't be letting these uh, priests have wives and children because when they die, all their monies revert to the family and not to the church. Doesn't come to us. So you know what? From now on, you must be celibate in order to join the priesthood. Well, it turns out that not only was Reverend Louis Gigante cheating on his vows, and he actually said publicly, this is back in 1990, he says, you expect me to take a vow of poverty? People think I don't get paid and that I'm a saint for doing it. That's their problem. I get paid. Still, let him, let him continue on. No problem. And then upon his death, $7 million he had. $7 million that he bequeathed to his son. Now, in the interim, there have been two lawsuits filed charging Father Giganti having sexually abused a girl in the early 1960s when she was 10 years old and a boy in the 1970s when he was 10 years old. Two of the hundreds of cases filed involving priests under the state's Child Victims Act, which lets victims sue for claims of past sexual abuse. Now, why should the church have to settle with these two? The girl was now obviously an older woman, and the boy was obviously an older man. He's got $7 million. First of all, where did he get $7 million from? Genevieve's crime family, Vinny the... Change again because he was a member of organized crime. Louis Giganti, you will burn in hell. Just like when they indoctrinate someone into organized crime and they turn him into a made man, they take a mask card in the future. It'll be the mask card of the Reverend Louis Giganti in which you pledge your allegiance to La Cosa Nostra, O Diablo. You understand, Diego? O Diablo! You don't follow what the church tells you. You follow what the black hand, La Cosa Nostra, the mafia, tells you. Talking about this is the Riffin' Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. We have a new theme song for Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan. It's Out of Town Adams as he was gallivanting on a three-day vacation. In the meantime, man, the hawk is talking out there. Well, the hawk was not talking in Jamaica because that's where Eric Adams, out of town Adams now, was vacationing. And how did we find out about that in advance of we knew would be this massive Arctic blast, this storm that caused so much devastation out where Sid Rosenberg lived, lives, floods. I told him when I was with him on Friday at 7.05, as I am every Friday, his son was here, and I said, you better get a generator, you better get a pump, you get a bear, better get a power saw, because it's going to be crazy out there. He goes, what are you talking about? Hey, he just moved there. And his own son said, you know, Dad, we live two blocks away. You can let, uh, let the music go. 
We live two blocks away from the ocean. Curtis is right. No, we don't need that. I told him, stop in the Home Depot on the way, Cross Bay Boulevard to Woodhead. He didn't. He then texts me after the program Friday and said, you were right. So they're walking around in like seven foot of water, Broad Channel, Howard Beach, the Rockaways, Breezy Point, no mayor. And I knew it from the night before because the night before was Thursday, 6 p.m. And if you remember, the SS Sandy Ground, a brand new Staten Island ferry. They just christened it in June. The boiler room exploded. There was a fire. Women and children are crying. They're putting life jackets on them. They're getting into the lifeboats. And I knew, man, this was a great photo op. You know that Eric Adams is going to have that life jacket on. He's going to be in a rowboat. You're going to see him rowing, you know, citizens to shore. He wasn't even there. And I said, oh, he broke out. And then all of a sudden, Sal Albanese, former councilman, Democrat of Bay Ridge, tweeted out, oh, he's in Jamaica. A very good source told me that. And then all of a sudden, Sal Albanese went quiet. He took the code of Omerta. So then I do the deep dive with my wife, Nancy. I mean, we do the deep dive and we see that, oh, Cardi B is in Jamaica, Montego Bay, with the other hip-hop monster rappers from the Bronx. They're having a party. And naturally, who would join him? The hip-hop mayor, Eric Adams. Now, nobody will say that. He had finally returned for the Midnight Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And the very next day, Right on Sunday, yesterday, instead of making up for lost time, like, hey, I got to get out to Howard Beach. I got to get out to Broad Channel. I got to see my very dear friend, Sid Rosenberg, there, you know, in Bell Harbor, in the ponds that was underwater. No, he, he goes to Gracie Mansion and he's acting like he's a chef. He's putting on, <laughs> he's putting on the apron. You would think he was Gordon Ramsay, Guy Fiera, Emerald Lagazzi. And he's telling people who are having hard times, you know, getting groceries because of the Biden inflation, what they can do with a $3 bag of lentils. No, a bag of lentils. You can make lentil burgers, lentil stew. Uh, you can make lentil soup. Uh, that bag of lentil only costs you $3 a bag, and it can feed a family of four for a couple of days. A couple of days, I'm assuming that's two or three days. Family of four, three squares a day, let's say 12 meals a day, let's say 24, maybe 36, out of one $3 bag of lentils. Now, this this McWhitey-Whitey press corps that follows Eric Adams, and actually he plays the race card with them, he bullies them, and they, oh, please don't call me a racist, okay? I won't ask you about your sudden vacation. I want to ask you how it is conceivable. What do you like, Jesus Christ at the Sea of Galilee? You know, you took some fish and you took some loaves and you fed hundreds with that. You did that with a bag of $3 lentils? Could you show me that, Eric Adams? Of course not. Meantime, in many of the public housing projects like East Harlem, residents were left for no heat, no hot water, no Eric Adams, nobody from City Hall, and NYCHA which is crumbling apart as we speak, faces a financial crisis because nearly half the tenants have not paid their rent. And remember, no tiki, no washi, no fuel in the boiler, no electricity, which means we subsidize it. We're already subsidizing all these illegal aliens that are still coming in. And do you know that Eric Adams, now known as out-of-town Adams, had the chutzpah, had the huevos, had the hubris, to sit down for a year-end interview with Vanity Fair, 
And he said after his first year, you know, when someone says, wow, you know, being mayor is a hard job. I told them this job is not hard. Think of that. He doesn't think this job is hard because for him it's a part-time job, right? He cuts ribbons all day, has six press conferences, 9 o'clock at night he knocks off. He goes get free food from his felony friends there in the midtown Manhattan. And then he goes to Club Zero Bond. Hey, Diego, you trying to sabotage this thing? What are you? What are you, a Eric Adams, sickle fan, toady, a lackey like Sid Rosenberg? I see. I'm not, sorry. No, no, yes, you are. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. In fact, I want to praise Dominic Carter, who's coming up next, substituting for Lieutenant Colonel Greg Kelly. Dominic Carter, on his hour show last night, remember, it was a wraparound. I did 9 to 12, the Animal Welfare Hour, 11 to 12. Then it was Dominic, and every caller, every caller was dropping bombs on Eric Adams, now known as Out-of-Town Adams. And guess what? There's nobody defending him. Nobody. Except for... My husband-in-law, yes, David Patterson, who is the stepfather to my oldest son, Anthony, in a New York Times interview. Listen to what he said in defense of Eric Adams. There is certainly an attempt to make elected black officials, particularly those who became executives like mayors and governors, to make them look not serious. White leaders, he said, were rarely scrutinized so closely over where they ate or how they dressed. It's an effort to reduce the competence of the leader. Well, brothers stick together. Their complexion is their protection. Can you believe that? He said, he's playing the race card. By the way, uh, I know you're listening, David Patterson. Did you ever hear Jimmy Walker? Huh? You ever see the movie about Jimmy Walker, the swagger man uh, of a hundred years ago? Irish, white, dressed dapperly, customized suits, hung out with the flappers, speakeasies to the break of dawn was so corrupt that they had to ship him out on an ocean liner to Paris, and he never showed up again. <laughs> yeah, bring it on, Dominic Carter. Continue. The heat was on the mayor, who now has two nicknames, Swagger Man with no plan, and Out-of-Town Adams.